The Koigig Pod. Emma Bird is in tears. Keeping you up to date with all this summer's football in Australia. I can't believe it. We've finally done it. Subscribe to The Koigig Pod on the Off The Ball app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off The Ball. Let's start by talking about Shamrock Rovers. A really tricky couple of weeks for them. What's the what's the truth about the situation that they're going through at the moment? Is it just down to the injuries, or is there something more at play here? Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting what's going on at the moment. I mean, the results um, haven't been brilliant, and uh, losing so many games uh, and still being comfortable in the league is a story in itself. In terms of, I think they'll win the league comfortably, but. Um, there's no there's no doubt there's a bit of transition going on around that squad. Um, the European results were really poor. And I've always felt uh, from sort of the cheap seats I sit in, I always felt that they lack a little bit of pace and that holds them back in Europe. And albeit they got to the, the group stage last year, the conference, I just think that pace helps you win matches at Europe and, um, and be a bit more clinical. And sometimes they get criticised for Colin Rovers now clinical when they score so many goals domestically but um, they they need to start putting the ball away and scoring goals so I think there's a, a transformation needed within the squad uh, but every team goes through that and particularly the top teams and how that's managed is ultimately I feel how the top managers are judged um, we had it in 17 after in, with Dundalk when we, we sort of uh, had the success of 16 uh, Europa League group stages we had a year where we rebuilt and and we're well beaten in the league by Cork. You've seen Ferguson over the years rebuild teams and top managers, and I think this is the challenge for Stephen Bradley over the over the next uh, period to see can he rebuild this team to to be a top top class side again. Vinny, this like the Shamrock Rovers team will, as you say, will probably win four in a row, or certainly have a very good chance of doing a four in a row domestically, which is like a remarkable achievement. To be considered a great side, do you think that they needed needed to achieve more in Europe? Does that leave a little bit of an maybe an asterisk is too hard, but just leave something a little bit missing? Yeah, a difficult one to answer because I will I will get a little bit of criticism over, but I think I think you've got to be successful in Europe. You go back to the Grey Shell side under Pat Fenlon and um European competitions were structured differently. But uh, that great run against Deportivo, obviously the Dundalk side of 16, another great example. And I'd love this Rovers because I think they're a great side. I think they're one of the great League of Ireland sides. I just hope they could do more in Europe. But I hope um, the thing, the challenge I have with the conference is we've had three years of the European conference and it's set up for the Irish clubs or smaller nations. Uh, it's UEFA's way of giving the champions something back. So instead of Rovers going out of the Champions League and going into Europa League and being beaten by a top-class side, there's this Champions route. And winning your first game is crucial. So we've had two teams out of the three competitions in the group stages, Dundalk and Rovers have both been in group stages. So, yeah, I'd like to see them do more in Europe. And, and for me, it is it is a, a blot on their copybook. But also, I think going back to last week and losing to Dundalk, um, in the FAI Cup this Rover side don't look like winning doubles and that's something as well I'd like to see them do and, and top top teams should be in, in they should be at least in the finals and final and they can go your way as we know but yeah I'd like to I'd like to see a little bit more from them even though I genuinely believe they're they're a, 
uh, one of the great sides we've ever had. But yeah, they need more. They need more bigger achievements. I would say. How quickly can they rebuild? And how so? Obviously, they're in a situation where they'll want to see out this league campaign, which we expect them to do at this point. Um, and then next year, the pressure will be on to win the league again because they haven't, unless, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not writing off their chances against French Forest, but French Forest did thump them last year um, uh, in uh, in European competition. Uh, how quickly can they inject pace and redevelop the team so that they can be a force in Europe? Well, well, the advantage they have is... Um Listen, I, I, um, I tried to do it myself back in, in 20. and it, it, I'd like to think they had more stable owners and that's not giving me a pass. Like I obviously made mistakes, but what I mean by that is uh, Stephen has a lot of credit in the bank and he has a very good structured club within within Shamrock Rovers that hopefully would allow him to do, do it in time. And also doing it from a position of strength is huge. It's huge, gives you a massive advantage. Now the likes of Derry won't be uh, sitting quietly in the background for much longer. So, you have to do it quickly. And the other side of it is, I, I'm just giving my opinion, it's whether the people, the staff of Shamrock Rovers realise they've got to rebuild the team and that pace in. That's the, that's what we don't know. They're obviously not going to say that out loud with their current squad, but I'd like to think they can see the danger signs coming. Losing losing four and five league games, it's just like in, in the last six years, I think they would have been seven, eight points behind the league leaders and they wouldn't be winning the league title with the points they're dropping. So, You'd like to think they're intelligent enough to know they need uh, some some changes. But the other challenge we have is now we've got clubs in our league with money and money to spend. So it's not easy to get the best players. And a lot of our players, I'll just use someone like James Brown a couple of years ago because the first person that swings to mind, he left Rotterdam. You would have presumed he would have went to one of the top teams. But players like James Brown are now going to the championship or league one. And that's the challenge the top sides are having in Ireland. In terms of those those sort of players, a Shelbourne or or the sort of middle six tiers, those top players who have an outstanding season for a draw to Shelbourne, etc., are moving to League One and Championship clubs now, and they're not moving on to Dundalk or to Rovers or Pats, Derry, um, or at least them clubs are finding it a lot harder. So we we at Dundalk would have been able to add people like Daryl Horgan in throughout our years, or Michael Duffy, or uh, Patrick McElhenney, or Sean Hoare rob them from the other clubs but now them type of players at that standard are moving to the UK so sorry long-winded way of saying it's going to be difficult you've got to find players from outside of Ireland I feel and then Rovers are also in the double bind Vinny of obviously they've lost the likes of Liam Scales and, and Mandreu and Andy Lyons to England as well and they and they haven't really replaced them as you say that the players that might come in go to the championship in League 1 as well so You'd imagine that Rovers are rebuilding from will rebuild from a position of such, such strength. It should be relatively straightforward for them. But as you explained it there, it's not going to be that straightforward at all, and there are no guarantees. No, and and ultimately people will say, uh, "Sure, your man there talking has failed himself." So uh, we, you do. It's part of the game. It's 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 every club in the world fails. So signing players and bringing particularly. We, we don't have a great track record in Ireland of bringing players from outside the league in. We haven't been really good at that. Um, there's been lots of success stories, of course, but that's not something we've been brilliant at. Um, and we've got to get better and the scout network have to get better because there is, a, there is I think this time next year, albeit Drogheda and UCD, uh, this time next year, I think almost every Premier Division club will be full-time. So 
there is there is a, a, a drain on our talent. We have to say that. We have to accept that. And the likes of Sligo signed 10 players from outside of Ireland last year. So we're, we're going to have to bring players into our country uh, because, yes, we're improving underage players, but there is a, a shortage of high-level players. And the likes of Rovers are struggling with that. Uh, is that why the squad ends up being slightly unbalanced and you get older players who are less likely to be attractive to second, third, fourth tier in, in England and beyond? Yeah, there's two answers to that, Jerry. Like, um, uh, the first thing is, particularly in Ireland, and maybe it's the same all over the world, but the high, the average age of the Rovers team is the highest, okay? Because when you want to win a league, it's much harder to blood young players when they're trying to win a league. So when, and I had it myself, and it was a criticism of, of sort of people at Dundalk, and I keep going, I mentioned Dundalk more today than I ever did, sorry. But, when you're trying to win a league and you're three points clear or you're a point behind and you're going away to Finn Harps or whatever, you're not you're not blooding young players. So if you're a mid-table team and you're going to stay mid-table and you're comfortable, then you've got that six weeks at the end of the season for argument's sake. So it is really difficult for top teams to blood young players. So Rovers have an outstanding academy, but actually how many of their players are getting into the first team, it's quite few when you actually delve into it so and that's because of the pressure the manager's on under to win a league every week or or to win games so yeah it's difficult and um, but so uh, your point is well made but the other side of it is when you have to win a league you, you ain't throwing an 18 year old in away uh, anytime soon so it's difficult okay uh dundalk Derry and rovers all in action tonight what are the realistic prospects of the three teams coming through, any of the teams coming through, what's your instinct about how this is going? Well, f- well first of all, Rovers one is, in, uh, we're presuming that's dead and buried because of the result last year, but I can't pronounce it, sorry, um, but they lost um, they lost the Champions League tie to a uh, Faroe Island side, which was a very, very strange result. So that's a fascinating one to watch. So I hope Rovers get through. Genuinely believe that this team have something in them and they're being tested and people are questioned. So I hope Rovers get through. Um, Dundalk is probably the one I, I look to because they're playing aside from Iceland who are sort of mid-table at the moment. And I think they may have a real strong chance. They were able to rest people, ironically, against Rovers on Sunday and still win. There's a real buzz around the camp at the moment. And the, um, the Dundalk players absolutely love Europe. And you, you hear them talking about the moment. It's, it's the time um, they really enjoy so, so the Dundalk tie is really winnable, and and Derry's a tough tie. People will will see the name uh, cups and think, oh, that's a handy one. But uh, the Finland league is is really good, uh, so that's a tough tie. But I, I still expect at least one, if not two, teams in Europe uh, by the end of this qualifying round. We we've put ourselves in a good position. Our clubs, our seedings are quite good, and that helps us get through first rounds and. It was a bit of a shock, to be honest with you, that Pats didn't also get through. So I'd like to think two of the three teams will be true. And that's what we need. We need the teams getting through and, and through the next round and the round after. And then it's the group stage. Is that right? Might so No, no. We had no, an extra two in three, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but, but I ask you, I throw a question back at you. Why do we need them teams, Jerry, like in terms of what, what when you say we need them? Revenue, attention, Maybe one of the games might end up on terrestrial TV. Who knows? I mean, I know it's a lot to ask Good for. Breath. Yeah, 
and that's the key, isn't it? The attention, like, because um, because the GEA is going away after this week. I know the club starts, so I mean, call a spade a spade. We're battling with them at different stages, and it, well, they they finish up the championship this week, and what amazing championship it's been to be fair to them. But hopefully, we've got a team that can be League of Ireland talk throughout. You know, hopefully it's Rovers in group stages, and and while that back pages are free for for people to to fill, hopefully one of our at least one of our clubs can do it. Yeah, that's what I, like. It is a fairly simplistic coverage. Helps it helps to boost gates. It helps to boost sponsorship. It helps when it comes to the politicians going. Yeah, maybe we should give some extra money to these guys. I think that I think that's the crucial point. Like, and, and the FAI will also have reason to do this off the back of the Women's World Cup. Is that they've they've clearly set out their document as to how much money they need to bring things up to scratch across the country, facilities wise. The League of Ireland will be central to that, men's and women's. Um, so the fact that they've had there's been two Shamrock Rovers players in action at the Women's World Cup, and like Vinny says there, that there is now. There's there's a hole in the uh, in the media in kind of the media cycle or news cycle should I say for these games Shamrock Rovers profited from it and the League of Ireland I think as as a whole kind of profited from it last year so that's the real disappointment in Rovers losing that first Champions League tie and to end up with a tie as tough as Ferenc Farage in a second qualifying round in Conference League is kind of ridiculous but however yeah absolutely and I think um, kind of like not. I'm trying not to be critical of Rovers, and I think they were, but that losing that first tie was not good. It wasn't good for a league, and um, it wasn't good for them. That was a really poor performance for them, and I think that's that. I hope it doesn't, but that will have a knock-on effect um, in terms of where where they can get to because they've gone through a really tough route now. Um, the Champions League, as I said earlier on, is it's called a Champions Route, and it's designed to protect clubs like Rovers, and unfortunately. They, not winning that toy has really affected them. But uh, as you said, there's been a lot of uh, positives. Uh, we keep we, we always the negatives grab the headlines. But I look at um, a good friend Barry Ferguson being appointed to the DDSL. That's a great move. Shane Robinson has gone in from Shamrock Rovers. Looks like he's gone in as assistant director uh, within the FEI. So there seems to be a lot of good things happening on the ground within Irish football. Uh, the FEI have made a good decision with Shane Robinson. I'm really happy with that. One. So, uh, on the back of the Women's World Cup, hopefully League of Ireland can play its part now in the next couple of weeks. The fact that there is uh, only a four-point lead for Rovers at the top of the table, and the point you make, obviously, in, in previous seasons, the points tally would have had them behind at this point. Um, we could do with a run from St. Pat's and Derry, putting a bit of pressure on them, again, to add to the coverage, add to the excitement, and just keep Rovers on their toes. Yeah, and, and the other thing about uh, Shamrock Rovers is, and it's a point I think Stewie, Stewie Bourne has made and got a little bit of stick about it, but I, I get it because we had it with Cork. You need someone to push it. That's not an excuse. It's not a get-out-jail card. They weren't good enough and they're not good enough at the moment by the high standards. But you need someone to push it. And I don't believe Rovers would have lost four or five league games if there was a Cork in the league winning week in, week out. I really don't. And I think... Um, as I said, it's not a it's not a get out of jail card for them, but you need something to push it. I think Derry now having everybody back are the ones that will definitely push them. But you've got to say Pat's going out of Europe and being able to concentrate in a game a week is is might just put them under a little bit of pressure. So a lot to play for. And I think I think the the 
what we don't need is Rovers winning the league by 10 or 12 points. We need someone to push them all away for that interest, as we said. You've um, spoken before about how good a job Damien Duff has been doing at Shelburne. There will be an injection of cash, we believe. There will be access to some players um, from England, we believe. Uh, it, this is a, a different challenge that he's going to face now. Yeah, but it's it's a healthy challenge. Like the, um, um, I think I think Duffer has been working with a group of players that probably the style of play Shelbourne play is not everyone's cup of tea. Um, people have linked it to Mourinho-esque and, and the way Damien behaves in the media, they probably you know made that sort of reference. But I think Damien's more of a forward-thinking coach than that, to be fair. And I think his style will come out if he gets better players. He's just played a style, I believe, that suits his type of players. You remember he worked so closely to Brendan Rodgers at Celtic and they had a they had a way of playing. And I, I would have spoke to Damien a lot around that time. And I think he would believe in that style. So it is a challenge for him to get better players in and, and sort of be more expansive. And um, because... You know, you look at you go back to the women's game yesterday. You go back to some one thing that always sticks in my mind from from working with Stephen Kenny is I think you've got a responsibility within reason to entertain people, and I think Damien will do that. And I think that's the good thing of being able to bring in a higher caliber player to add to what he has because he's made some average players really good, and the players have obviously stepped up to the plate as well. So this is a this is a big challenge for him. And, um, I know there's a lot of you know, scepticism around Hull coming in. But I hope it's a good thing. And we need we need injection in of money from somewhere. And every club, every league gets it around the world. There was controversy about Packy Bonner saying that he thought that Celtic should have a feeder club in the League of Ireland. Um, 24 hours, 48 hours on? Is it, was, it, was, it, was it only yesterday? It was, it was day, day before, before yesterday, yeah. 48 hours ago. Um, how do you feel about that, Vinny? Um... I think I think I've been on your show for a couple of years at different stages, and I've. I think the odd person tells me I'm a little bit too honest. So I think on that one, I'd like to just say very little other than I don't I don't know what to make of a comment like that. I'm not sure. I I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm actually going to hold myself back for once, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't understand this thinking. You're saying a good bit by biting your tongue there. <laughs> right. I, 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 all I'd say is I don't think Packy believes in our league as much as he should. And I leave it at that. That's fair enough. Gab, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, that's a very that's a kind of a significant implication for a guy like Packy Bonner's and the FAI board and is on the FAI football committee. So that's like, a very important role on the board. It's a very as important as role. A, you know, and, an it's, and it's at a time, like we were just saying a few minutes ago with you, Vinny. Like, I mean, it's the time when the FAI pushed the League of Ireland to the centre of things, both in the men's and women's game as a part, as around the infrastructure thing. So, like, Bonner was talking to us in house Celtic media gig so that's why he referred to Celtic as we and talks about League of Ireland being over there I understand people who are kind of annoyed at that kind of phrasing I think it maybe has a bit of context in terms of he was talking in Glasgow to an in-house Celtic media channel but definitely for an, for an association that is trying to put forward a united front as putting the domestic league as central to everything which they do that the most famous member of the board is talking in terms of the league being over there and clubs being used as feeders is not appropriate, I don't think. And certainly those in the Leave Ireland and football circles in Ireland 
whose noses are out of joint about it, I would have some sympathy with that. Okay, can I momentarily play devil's advocate? What's the difference between Hull buying a club and Celtic buying a club and Celtic investing in a youth system and bringing their coaches over and injecting their intelligence into a club other than Celtic, right? Let's say it's or sorry, other than Shamrock Rovers. Let's say they were to take a different club. Maybe, maybe it's Finn Harps, right? Mm. We've seen Shea Given do the fundraising and, and Stephen Doyle made the point maybe Paki could be doing a bit of this to help, you know, football and Donegal. So fair play and I totally understand that point. But what, what's the difference between Celtic buying a club and Hull buying a club? There is none, really. Um, I think part of it is how Paki expressed it the feeder club thing I mean this is the problem with the whole multi-club thing is that it kind of makes financial sense in a kind of mad world like professional football to kind, to kind of consolidate like that but it's also kind of against what a football club should be for you should be representing your community and you know your people rather than saying being, the quiet bit out loud yeah that's exactly what he was kind of guilty of and I did that press conference with uh, Ilichai the, the Turkish the Turkish Simon Cowell as we have to refer to him when he was doing that presser and uh, and I asked him directly, like, is this a feeder club? No, it's not. He did let slip something about, you know, Shelburne being a little brother. That stuff is that stuff is corrosive. I know, like, the business model makes sense uh, and the potential benefits make sense. Um, but just for what a football club is and should be, it's corrosive. And then there's the whole other issue in that... You know what, like as Paki Bonner sets it up there about Celtic, about a League of Ireland club being a feeder club for Celtic. That's we're back again to relying on Britain. Let's let's outsource our problems to them, and like the whole Brexit thing has meant to been. Hang on, we're meant to be finally getting our act together here, doing it for ourselves, kind of thing. Yeah, just just to uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to bite my lips. So just two two. I I don't disagree with you, Jared. Feeder clubs aren't bad per se. They're not like we we have to be grown up about these things and say if someone wanted to come in and and set up technically a feeder club but higher the standard of the club they go into I think we should be all for that everyone because we don't have enough top clubs we're not like Finland or wherever Norway or, or Sweden where we've got top clubs that we can we can have one mid table feeder club we we so we have to accept that if if someone's going to invest in a league great welcome it with open arms like Hull but. You know, you have to understand there's people following teams for years, etc. And this, to, to sort of, the only other point I'll make to you, Jaren, and this isn't genuinely, please don't clip this the wrong way, but it's not aimed at Paki. But the hardest part for League of Ireland people is we haven't been respected for years. And that's where the commentary around freeder clubs and it, it, it can it can be... We, I, I've never, I have, I don't necessarily or haven't felt respected uh, by people within the FEI for a long time. Okay, football coaches haven't been. That has started to change over the last couple of years. And to be fair to Noel O'Regan, the coach education department is exceptional within the FEI now. Okay, so start to change. But there is people in Irish football who still don't feel respected by the powers that be, and some of them comments were probably perceived that way. And that's where you've seen. Uh, uh, people in negativity towards it. I think that's fair enough. That's I, a, I'm trying to be balanced with no, that. No, I, well, I, I, at the yeah. same time, you have to understand. You keep you keep pushing people down. Eventually, you go, oh, "Give us a break, lads," and they stop listening to you. So that's all. Yeah, and I think, like, a, you know, it's, it's worth teasing this stuff out. But if you are going to sit on the board and be independent and be part of this whole new era. And I think they've done loads of good stuff. They still make occasional mistakes, but I do feel like they're making better decisions, more mature decisions, calmer decisions. 
than uh, we have seen before. And I, I think you could now hold them up in comparison with the other two big organisations and go, actually, no longer a basket case. Yeah. The other ones have their own issues. Um, certainly the FAI are miles ahead on the treatment of the women's game than the other two organisations, I would say, at the moment. Um, and when I, I totally buy your point. When, when Packy's speaking, he's not just a Celtic ambassador getting paid by Celtic. He's also a representative, an independent representative of football in the country. Yeah. And he's supposed to have that. Like when you're on the board, your responsibility is to the organisation. Yeah, and like it's not, I mean, there's one way to uh, interpret independent as saying, well, sure, what's wrong with a dissenting voice and hearing different things? Because we heard too long about the FAI was only one voice. But it's different in this respect because the centrality of the League of Ireland and the kind of this this general acceptance that it's time that we kind of do things ourselves and fix things rather than allowing, looking to Britain to fix our problems for us, that is the explicit strategy of the FAI. So, I mean, at that point, the board have now decided on that. They kind of have to stand behind that United. And there are, to about feeder clubs and stuff, there are obviously financial benefits and sporting benefits to that happening. But like you said, it's 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 terrible vocabulary, terrible words to be using, and it's the quiet part said out loud. Yeah, in fairness, Stephen Doyle was like, is there, is there a conflict of interest here? And I didn't see it at first, but now having teased it out and listened to you both, I probably do see it a bit clearer. So, uh, all right. Good stuff. I'll manage the feeder club in the next couple of years, no problem. But <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm trying to say to you, uh, sorry, I made a joke, but I'm trying to say it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just didn't feel like it was said in the right way. And yeah. yeah. This stuff matters. Like uh, for a, a group of people who are finally stepping out from under the shadow of being the problem child, uh, it this it does matter, and um... well, well, Jerry, sorry, and also, also, and I'm, I'm not accusing you you of this at all because um, you're very good in terms of your promotion. Is well, I think we're adding value as well, or the, the League of Ireland people have started to add value. Look at the international team. Look at the twenty ones. Look at the young players. We're also adding value. We're not just stepping out, and um, you know, we, 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 you know, we're doing a bit more than that as well. To yeah, be fair. I meant sorry. The brand really is, is yeah. stepping out from under the shadow. Obviously, the people have been doing the grassroots work for generations, which has led to the vast majority of our players coming through the system. And you know, when they even it was a twenty. 12 when everybody was photographed in their League of Ireland jerseys that was yeah. a really powerful thing that could have been the birth of something but was like nah not interested whereas now actually you have a board who are interested and um, Packy definitely misstepped so hopefully you can clear that up in the next couple of days uh, Vinny we'll leave it there good stuff thanks a million thanks very much OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball